Hello CTSnet friends, my name is Joel Dunning with all the cardiothoracic news. Uh, so on CTSnet we have surgical AVR in low risk patients. What is the current best outcomes? A call to action for CABG in women and donors in lung transplantation. Do older donors matter from a brand new best evidence topic, which is 20 years old. We'll tell you more about that. We have three amazing videos for you. We have a minimally invasive dental procedure through a tiny little right thoracotomy. We've got uh, an interview with Stephen Spindell, a wonderful surgeon, has the best top tips, including uh, the seven-minute technique for arch replacement. And we've got a really interesting video all about hybrid aortic arch. Uh, there's loads of events going on, and we've got some special mentions. So uh, do please check out the full podcast and check out the CTSnet website for more information. very much for tuning in again for another edition of the CTS Netbeat podcast. Uh, we try and bring you the news in the world of kaithoracic surgery every single week and we let you know everything that's great on the CTS Net website. Uh, also we have everything on YouTube uh, and Vimeo so there's so many platforms and ways to interact or find out what we're up to bringing you all the best most interesting information to you probably on your mobile phone. Uh, so let's get started. So the first article that we have chosen for you is a really great article. It's entitled Survival Following Surgical Aortic Valve Replacement in Low-Risk Patients, a Contemporary Trial Benchmark. So this is from Vinod Tarani, uh, president of Ismix, uh, all-round fabulous guy, Vinay Bardwa, uh, wonderful hardworking person, Joe Sabic, uh, and loads and loads of other really fantastic people. This is in the Annals of Thoracic Surgery this week. Uh, and, uh, and is being driven uh, from the medical centre in Morgantown. So what did they set out to do? Well, in this world of TAVI, uh, in this world of Partner 3, and, uh, and several other trials include Evolute, uh, which are all now looking at, at TAVA in the low-risk patient, they thought it would be really important to just lay out what are the results from a good standard surgical aortic valve replacement and what better place to go to than the STS database. So they went from the 2011 to 2019 uh, data set. They identified low-risk surgical AVR patients. They defined this low-risk as the study population that would have been included uh, in Partner 3 and the Evolute low-risk randomized trials. Uh, so, so this is exactly uh, to get a perfect comparison. And they looked at the outcomes. So what were the outcomes? Well, the outcomes were brilliant, uh, in my view. Uh, so the uh, average age was 74 years old. Uh, the STS risk score was 1.9%. And, uh, and all-cause mortality at one year was 2.6%. Three years was 4.5%. Five years was 7.1%. And eight years, only 12% mortality. So showing a really, really good long-term survival for these patients. Uh, the operative mortality was, was around 1%. It was really, really low. So below 1% actually. So so that is the benchmark for TAVA. So so can can TAVA get uh, a sort of a, an 88% eight-year survival uh, when the studies come out. So great job guys, uh, really nice. You can check that out in the Annals of Thoracic Surgery uh, anytime you like or click on the links below to find out more. 
The second article that we chose for you was cardiac surgeons issue call to action to improve CABG outcome in women. Uh, this is on TCTMD, it's a great website, check it out if you want to have a look at all things cardiothoracic uh, and cardiological as well in the news. They've got really professional uh, journalists including Michael O'Riordan, he's uh, the managing editor uh, and the senior journalist paid full time to cover uh, cardiothoracic and cardiology issues. And so uh, this was actually covering a session at EACTS. Uh, it was an all-female cardiac surgical panel um, and, uh, and they were really great. They were really exploring where the gaps are between men and women. Um, uh, Rashmi Yadav was up there. Uh, she said there's a real durable data gap in women and the first step to address this is to address this and improve the outcomes of women is research. And of course they talked about uh, the brand new Roma Women study because uh, Roma itself as a trial was only recruiting 15% females uh, and so that has been a massive step forward to have the first ever trial in just women uh, which is great uh, and they discussed really important issues. Women are diagnosed with coronary disease later than men. They're referred for surgery later than men. They have more comorbidities than men, uh, so they've got a greater baseline risk. They're less likely to have uh, current revascularization guideline recommended techniques, so less arterial uh, radial artery, uh, less arterial grafting. They actually have less lemur usage as well. Um, uh, and less complete anatomic revask. And post-operatively, they're more likely to experience anemia and uh, less likely to have full secondary prevention medicine. So really, start to finish, uh, everything is worse. Uh, so, so that was a really interesting session. It's a good article. Um, and, and I think Roma Women is you know, the big first step to fixing this, but it's also the realization. And it's from top to bottom. It's not just shall we do the operation differently? It's the fact that they're found at different times and they have different post-operative outcomes as well. So interesting article, check it out. Uh, well done, nice article. And the third article we chose for you is uh, the title of it is Donors in Lung Transplantation Does Age Matter? But interestingly, this is a best evidence topic from the ICVTS out this month. Uh, the best evidence topic series, if you have never heard of it, is actually 20 years old uh, this month. So uh, it was actually started, I was involved in the setup of it with Ludwig von Segesser, who was editor-in-chief of the European Journal, and uh, we wanted a quick, easy way to answer the real clinical questions that you and I faced every single day. We didn't want to start with a, is the evidence out there? We wanted to start with a, what are the questions that we're worried about? So things like, what's the best dose of aspirin? Or what is the patency of a radial graph? Or, or just little questions like, um, is it, uh, should you do point diathermy on the sternum versus uh, sort of diatherming all around the sternum? Or should you use bone wax in the sternum? Little questions, big questions. And we set up this best evidence topic way of doing shortcut reviews uh, and uh, the ICVTS took it up and it's really been very successful uh, and it has endured all the way to today 20 years uh, of note if you did want to write
quite a best events topic or you had an interesting question that you didn't think has been answered well in the literature no matter how small or strange then maybe uh, go and check it out and and submit and say shall we shall we do a literature review on this and it's called a shortcut review because it's a quick review gets you the answers gets you there nice and quick so what about this one uh, this was by by Pierre Emmanuel Falcoz who, who does loads of these topics he loves them uh, he's in the University of Strasbourg in France uh, and he wanted to know, um, is it a problem if you get your donor lungs from an older person? So they uh, did the shortcut literature review, which just requires you looking on Medline. They identified 200 abstracts and then through those abstracts, they looked through them and identified 12 papers to pull out. They've tabulated every single paper uh, in a nice, easy to read format. And, uh, and basically, what do those papers say? Well, they do say that uh, if the recipient has interstitial lung disease, pulmonary hypertension or cystic fibrosis, then there are some signs that uh, older lungs, uh, giving these people older lungs, they do a bit worse. Um, but uh, if you look at, uh, at, at more matched people, and certainly uh, the ones that stood out with slightly older patients, get it, COPD lung, things like that, then they didn't uh, have uh, a worse outcome and they had comparable uh, survival and graft dysfunction uh, if you got older lungs. So, so basically the conclusion of this best evidence topic was that uh, when carefully assessed and allocated to the correct recipients, uh, then patients could benefit from a tra transplant donation from an older patient without compromising their long-term survival or graft failure. So really good best evidence topic. You could look in at the papers so we could tease out those little uh, nuances but, but really nice quick answer to a quick question. Great job. So those are the three um, articles we've got for you on CTSnet and before we go to the videos let me just hand over to the CTSnet team who will just tell you what else you can find on the website today. CTSnet's ninth annual resident video competition is now open for submissions. Residents and medical students of all CT surgical specialties are eligible to submit surgical videos for a chance to win prominent publication on CTSnet and an exclusive interview with the judges. The deadline to submit is December 29, 2023. To learn more, head to the resident video competition page on ctsnet.org. On the website this week, we've got three really interesting videos, uh, two operative and one interview. So the first one is from the fabulous University Heart Center in Dresden in Germany. Um, and, uh, and it really is a, a fantastically videoed uh, a case. So what is it? It's a minimally invasive Bentos procedure using a right lateral transaxillary access. Uh, so they do uh, a really nice job of videoing this. I thought it was a lovely stable camera uh, and uh, you could really get such a good view. They did femoral cannulation. They did a fourth intercostal space, quite anterior incision. They did a nice prep on the skin to show you exactly how they marked out their incision. Uh, they used a, uh, a nice uh, uh, 
a soft tissue retractor and then a actual rib retractor so you actually got quite a good view uh, straight onto the aorta they transect the aorta they do their bentles they get the coronary buttons uh, and every single step of the video you can see how easy they have made this look and it's and they're using open techniques straight through the hole uh, to to do the surgery um, but showing that you don't need uh, to do a stenotomy so so yet another really good video showing that aortic valve procedures can be done through a right axillary approach a right thoraco mini thoracotomy um, and and certainly looks very reproducible the incision was about five centimeters and and i reckon this this looks very easy uh, to to maybe try yourself in your own practice so i, I really like that video well done guys university of dresden uh, great surgery being done there well done the second video uh, is an interview uh, with myself and Stephen Spindell. The reason we did this is because we absolutely loved uh, one of his videos that we featured a few months ago. It was called uh, Hemiarch Replacement, uh, the seven minute technique. technique and it just looks so simple he doesn't cool down to 20 he doesn't do cerebral anti-grade perfusion or retrograde perfusion and uh, he just chops it chops open the aorta stitches quick and closes it uh, and uh, it's obviously there's a, a load of hints and tip around that but but actually the ethos of just doing a quick reproducible single suture no teflon pledget uh, distal anastomosis was really very attractive to me and I'm sure to many others and actually it was a massive hit uh, when it came out on CTSnet so we thought we'd interview him uh, and we also talked about some of his other really great videos that are, that are there and a little bit about himself uh, he's from New Orleans but he's trained at Mount Sinai with David Adam and loads of others of the best surgeons as well as having been in the military for eight years so he's a truly fabulous guy uh, it was a pleasure to meet him and uh, and and I think we're going to do this more often every Every time we get a smash hit video and we're really curious or interested uh, we might just interview uh, the the people doing the videos because I'm always curious to, to meet the people behind the videos we did this uh, with our Ukrainian video and I'm sure we'll do it with a few more so I hope you enjoy that interview as much as I enjoyed doing it uh, and check it out now it's not too long about 15 minutes uh, and certainly worth a listen if you're driving you don't even have to look at the screen because it's just us honking on so maybe just give it a listen and the third video uh, we've got for you is uh, another really interesting one, a hybrid aortic arch uh, treatment. Uh, this is from uh, Lisbon in Portugal by Jose Fragata and uh, Antonio Thomas and Pedro Coelho. Uh, and, uh, and this is... You know, I think these are becoming quite common using these uh, hybrid uh, approaches and, and this particular person it did seem perfect for this patient uh, the patient was 78 years old it was a subacute type a dissection who initially refused surgery uh, and then and then he was pretty ill and things were progressing and so he accepted surgery but he, he wanted a smaller procedure as possible and therefore they they designed nicely a hybrid technique so they created a, a branched graph first of all which and they did a nice job of showing us how they did that um, they then debranched and rerouted the head and neck vessels um, 
so that they didn't uh, have to do um, the ascending aortic replacement uh, so much. Uh, they, they basically uh, did the debranched graft, uh, they created a nice landing zone, uh, and then they uh, closed up the patient. Uh, and then uh, one week later, they basically did a TVAR, but uh, with a really nicely well-created landing zone that they had previously done the week before. So I thought this hybrid way looked really good. Uh, it looked to have simplified and made the operation that was required smaller. And then at the end, they do a beautiful 3D reconstruction of their final work, which looks uh, just fantastic. So great job, really nice, really interesting, and a, probably a really good tip on how to, again, make these big operations maybe a little bit smaller for frailer uh, and less strong people. So those are our three videos of the week. Uh, really quite a good variety, quite interesting, uh, and, and I hope you like them. Uh, there are quite a few events going on. We're, we're in the height of uh, conference seasons before we all go and start celebrating Christmas. Uh, the EACS Mechanical Circulatory Support Summit is coming up on October the 2nd to the 4th. Uh, that's in Copenhagen. It's got lots of cardiologists, heart failure, uh, ICU specialists uh, and uh, ECMO people. Uh, so registration is open. Click below if you're interested. Um, there's a cardiovascular intervention uh, conference going on in La Jolla. Uh, this is uh, quite a lot of cardiology as well as cardiac surgery, a lot of TAVA if you're interested in that. And there's going to be quite a lot of live complex, case, complex cases, 7th to the 10th of November, and, uh, and it's PCI TAVA and intervention. Uh, registration's $1,000 for physicians, going down to 500 if you're a non-doctor. Uh, take a look at that. And, uh, and an interesting one that jumps out at me um, is the AATS Grant Writing Workshop. So have you ever thought about doing your first grant or, or maybe you've had a few turned down? Well, Sasha Krupnik, Pavan Ataluri and, um, and Varun Puri uh, are running this great, really interesting course. Uh, it's in uh, the Hyatt Regency Bethesda, USA, uh, 17th to the 18th of November, two days, and all about how to get that grant through and successfully get uh, your funding for your first um, research study. So I thought that sounded really great, $500 uh, to register for that, uh, which sounds like good value to me. Um, fantastic. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast this week. Uh, Diego has been busy, the world's most famous thoracic surgeon. He has just posted a really impressive video from Yashoda Hospital in Japan, where he performed a, a VATS uniportal resection of a cystic adenoid carcinoma of the trachea and carina. So um, he did he did uh, a very small pediatric intubation of the um, of the left main bronchus, uh, and then through a right-sided approach. He cut open the trachea, um, he cut off uh, the right main bronchus and then he cut open the left main bronchus and then you see a little tiny tube, the only thing keeping the patient alive. He actually had an interesting technique for uh, insufflating through a small disposable bronchoscope to make a bit more space while he did the back wall anastomosis and then he fixed it all by uniportal vats as he is a very good sutra by vats. 
Uh, I'm sure if he'd had a robot, he would have done it robotically, but it was really impressive, great job. And it shows that you can still do these things minimally invasively. And there's a lovely, at the end, bronchoscopic view of his new Karina that he'd sutured together. So all from Japan. Uh, so that's actually on his website. You can go directly to his YouTube website if you want to check that out. I just thought that was fascinating. And finally, uh, let me give you the honourable mention for the week. So my honourable mention must go to John, Dawn Jarolewski and Lisa McMahon. Uh, Dawn Jarolewski is at the Mayo Clinic in Florida, as is Lisa McMahon. Uh, Dawn Jarolewski is a thoracic surgeon and Lisa is a paediatric surgeon, but they have just done the advanced pectus course on Thursday and Friday this week. And next year, they're going to host the international uh, chest wall international group there. Uh, this is the world's biggest group for pectus surgery. And Dawn is the president of that next year. And uh, they did a great job. Two days of really interactive sessions. Uh, really interesting. It was also available online. Uh, I couldn't travel over so I patched in online. Uh, it was really fascinating and they even did um, some cadaveric labs at the end showing all the uh, most interesting things about pectus. And for me, the absolute best talk was Dawn Jarolewski's because she has a huge practice in redoing other people's disasters uh, and and basically you just learn so much from her going through what other surgeons have got wrong. Um, this, this could actually be a, a kind of a sort of thing we could do in the future if we actually take all the world experts that have quite a high practice in redoing uh, cases that haven't worked from elsewhere around the world you actually learn so much finding out what went wrong and how to fix it properly and she she just uh, went through so many things and it wasn't how to do a redo case that I learned it was how people had got to her in the first place and what uh, the surgeon had maybe done wrong. So I learned a lot from that. And, and actually, in the future, maybe we should seek out uh, these people who, who, can, who are doing all these redos and whatever it is in esophageal. I know Shanda Blackman does a lot of redos of that, maybe in cardiac. Um, so certainly, obviously, Tyrone David does a lot uh, and, and of, of redos and things for valves uh, not being fully repaired, etc. So, yeah, we learn a lot uh, from people doing redos. So that's it for this week. Thank you for watching to the end. And, uh, and for myself, Joel Dunning, everyone at the team, uh, we enjoy doing these CTS Simply podcasts every single week. Uh, we love hearing feedback from you as well. Any articles that you've written or videos you'd like us to highlight, just get in contact. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be here next week giving you a roundup of everything that's fabulous in the world of kydothoracic surgery. Thank you.